to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. 7-2 Tennessee Titans went to LA and came back with a win without Derek Henry. Apparently that was impossible. But, you know, turns out if you have a defense, things can happen. Um, I'm Adam. I'm joined by uh, Greg Kett. How are you doing, Greg? You know, Foxy. Really well, thanks. <laughs> uh, Brian Hurley is here. Um, I haven't been on for a few weeks. How are you doing, Brian? Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back on, finally. Excellent. And uh, Miles Tarry as well. Um, how are you doing? Looking very small in your little picture. Thanks. Not that that matters if you're listening, but um, oh, I'm As I say, for the, for, for the listeners, I'm sure they'll love that. Uh, feeling super randy as always, Adam. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're feeling that randy because you're looking quite small in the picture. I mean, it's, I'll level with it's you. cold outside. <laughs> if I'm feeling randy coming on to do a Tennessee Titans related podcast isn't top of my list but each each to their own um, mind you it was a hell of a a hell of a performance that would get the juices flowing um can I continue this metaphor without going into dodgy ground probably not so uh, there we go um yeah I don't think any of us had high hopes about getting a result in Los Angeles and um, we might have had some hopes about a decent performance um Obviously, the the big injury that we talked about last week, uh, yeah, it's it's always going to be a miss. But it was a very different looking Tennessee Titans first quarter, and well, the Rams got stopped, and Ryan Tannehill threw an interception. Um, how do we feel at, at that point, Brian? Let's start we'll start with you. We haven't spoken to you for a while. Um, what were your what were your hopes at that sort of point? Yeah, uh, it was definitely. Definitely start. I was definitely feeling nervous. Actually, I thought I thought we were in for a really long night. Uh, obviously, we were very wrong. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit. Um, I mean, I, expectations. I didn't. I didn't have huge expectations. I just. I wanted to see different things on offense and, and ways to adapt without Henry. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we kind of saw that to a limited extent, but the, the defensive performance, I mean, after, well, I mean, it, it didn't, we didn't concede a touchdown until garbage time. Um, Greg, how, how shocked were you at the, at the Titans turning up quite like that? 
Uh, that shocks the word. It was uh, I walked into the game expecting it was a free hit as far as I saw it. I kind of felt like it wasn't going to make or break our season. But all I wanted to see was was how they were going to scheme this game up, how they were going to plan for it. Um, obviously, losing Henry, you know, how much of the run game we'd actually see with Peterson having three days of, of, of practicing. So I went in there with zero expectations um, and walked out absolutely stunned. But I think the, the beginning, the, the first kind of quarter was pretty uneventful. Um, it was only really when it kind of kicked on from there in the in the sort of second quarter. It just, we just took the game over and we made the Rams look pretty mediocre. And you've got to give, I'd say, probably 90% of the of this game really to the defence because defensively we were just all over them. Like we had our own Aaron Donald there with, with Jess Simmons and who I think has now got more pressures on a, on a quarterback than Donald this year, which, you know, when you look at how widely regarded Donald is as a, as a player, it's just absolutely outstanding. But they just didn't look a threat and they didn't look like they were going to score points on us and they didn't score points on us. And it was just one of those one of those days that it was perfect in many regards. I do have concerns offensively. I didn't see enough offensively to make me feel overly confident. But when you've got a defence playing that way, you kind of don't care. And when you walk out of of LA, really, as you said, Adam, with three field goals and a garbage time touchdown, you, you really cannot complain. Yeah, it co- completely agree. This this victory is all about the defence. Um, let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, we'll come we'll come to the offense. I think a few a few sign a few promising signs um, that I can come to there. Um, but yeah, we, we've we've got to talk about this lights out defensive performance. I mean, even in the first quarter, where you say nothing happened, um, they weren't letting anything happen. You know, it was a Rams had what, a couple of first downs on each drive, um, punting punting the ball away, um, but. Miles, it all de- all came down to that that play. I mean, it was the Brett Kern punt set it up and p- pinned them deep. And then, well, t- tell us tell us about Matt Stafford and uh, backpedaling in towards the end zone. Yeah, I think we were given Stafford sort of it was like PTSD of his uh, Lions days, where he was just had no one, in f- no like hope in front of him. All he saw was his players running at him. I mean. It was great that for the late game where we knew a lot of fans would be watching, expecting probably most expecting to see the Rams turn us over, that you know, they all turn up to want to see the best defensive player in the league and they got to. And then obviously mm. Donald featured at some point later on, but Simmons was just Simmons and Autry. Autry, I can't remember the last time we had a a player come in and make such an impact. He's for the sheer size of him, the pace that he has on his plays is just it's ridiculous, and mixing it with Landry and the rest of it, it was just the the offensive line in the Rams is not one that has a reputation for being incredible. But Stafford's always had time this year, and he just had zero time all game. Like we said in the first quarter, not much happened. But like you said, there, there wasn't opportunities for them. They they done a check down, I think, to I don't know one of the running backs who ran at Jack Rabbit. Who oh crap, I've called him that name. Um, Janoris still. I'm sorry, it still is. Um, where Robert Woods ran at him and he looked like he refused to tackle and he had them things where he felt like it was going to be one of them games where no one wants to do anything. 
and then from that moment on, it was it was completely different. It was just it was chaos for their offensive line everywhere, and there was just there, there was nothing for Stafford to do on the play. It was just what well, I mean. It was like Wentz part two, except he just it, it, it was just I, I loved it. I loved every second. I've watched it numerous times since it's happened, and I love and, the way that. Collinsworth, you can hear him in the background going, look out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and you can see it coming a mile off because it's come from one side and then you look the other side, it's coming from all angles. Like, and, it, and then the thing is, they're looking downfield and as we saw with the play that Bayard makes soon after, it's where are you throwing the ball to if you've got no if you've got nowhere to go? And Hooker had an incredible game. It was, it, it was even though the front four had a really strong game, defensively, even with Geno Simmons, I, I can't see there's not a fault there. there. Every single player stepped up and it was a full-on defensive performance. And it was, it was. listen, no team's going to want to come up against us. And I mean, obviously the, the big miss, obviously everyone talked about Henry and I mean, Blazing Game's been missing a couple of games now. So I don't know how we've been surviving without him, but the team keep going and it'll keep on happening as long as this defense keeps going. We just keep finding ways to get it done regardless of what's thrown at us. Um, mm-hmm. Brian, this pass rush, I mean, I don't think, I mean, there's not, it's not much blitzing. It's just, it's just the three or four guys up front um, who, are, who are making this happen. And actually in the secondary, well, we will we'll come to Kevin Byard, but, you know, they don't, they're not going to be exposed that much if you've got that much constant pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you might give, give away a couple of first downs, but, Wow, if if you can get you know, a sack every now and then, or just to just get in Stafford's face or whoever it is, it makes such a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've you've heard Mike Rabel go on about playing complimentary football so many times, and you know, we every every facet was you know the the special teams were playing really well. Kern being himself, pinning them deep, and the special teams straight on and not letting them get on the field. There was. Um, Obviously, just just rushing with four man fronts. The coverage from Jackson was particularly impressive. I thought he had a fine game, uh, Chris Jackson. Uh, he continues to improve, which allowed obviously the pass rush to get home. They, they just they just didn't have an answer for us. I mean, Simmons was just a man possessed. Uh, there's a there's a clip I must have watched a hundred times today of him just absolutely bullying. Uh, was it? Oh, what, was it Whitworth? Maybe. No, it wasn't. It was. It was the guard next to him. I know the one you mean. He's just. Well, he's just he it's runs the first through guard I've seen. Moonwalk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like Jeff Simmons went out there and showed the world that he is the next up and coming. For me, he's the next Aaron Donald. He's he's that good. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's he's as as we alluded to. He's outperforming him <laughs> this year, um, and and. Uh, yeah, you've you've got a double team. You've got to have two guys on him, or he'll just he'll get through. Simple as that. Um, what about Kevin Byard then? Um, a man who one or two of us have doubted in, in recent weeks. Um, we probably all have, if, if truth be told. Uh, last year certainly, uh, but he is back to his absolute best, um, and that that pick six was something he deserved. But he's just he just feels like he's everywhere he needs to be. Yeah, KB's definitely back. And I think 
he, he's got that. Uh, watching that play is, is, is actually quite beautiful because you can just see him reading Stafford's eyes. He knows, he knows he's gonna he's gonna throw that ball there, and he's already gone. And it was just one of those ones that I actually don't think it was the worst throw in the world from Stafford. I think he, he it was just a great play by Bayard, which is you know it wasn't like a Jalen Ramsey interception against Tannehill. Um, which was, was was just pretty ugly to be honest with you. So it it was just a brilliant play by him, and he is one hundred percent back. And I, I actually think that interception it might, might may sound a bit stupid, but I think that Brett Kern play was 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 huge because it, it pinned them back in. They made that mistake. We got the touchdown. They're then straight into okay. We, we've got to, we've got to move this ball quickly. Start you know putting some more momentum back on. And then it's one one throw, one play. All of a sudden, you've conceded 14 points in the space of 20, probably 20 odd seconds, maybe. I'm not even sure exactly. Yeah. But and that was just huge. It was a huge momentum shifting moment. And and on from there, you then you made them punt, pretty much. I think a couple of minutes after that, and then you go and put another another touchdown on the board before half time. And whilst I I said earlier, you know, I wasn't massively impressed with the offense and I maintain that those two drives the one just before half time and then the one just before they got their garbage time touchdown were, were huge they were huge for us like even though at 21-9 you're thinking we should have this in the bag it, that touchdown for me was was massively important and we got away with it I think with a couple of soft penalties the first one on on Tannehill from Donald I think I think if that's against us, we're probably all spitting feathers and whinging about it. But you know, oh, you've got you've got yeah. you've got to ride the you've got to ride that luck, I guess, because I mean that was probably going to be punting at that point. I think it was on third and three, so you've got to ride your luck if you get them, and and that's exactly what what we did. And I honestly think that as much as I wasn't blown away by the offense, and you could tell that it was the run game is hopefully will improve over the next couple of weeks once, you know, Peterson's got some more time to, to practice with them. In the past game, a couple of drops from AJ Brown on third down, which, you know, could have cost us on another day, but the defense were just too good and the Rams just stood absolutely no chance. Um, and I, I yeah, 100% agree with Brian on, on Chris Jackson, who is starting to become a, a key player in the secondary with, with players like Fulton out, Janoris being Janoris and not being at the level that I would expect a vet like him to be. You know, he's coming in and playing some incredible coverage. And I think there was that one play to Cooper Cup where I mean, he could have picked it, but it was it was a great breakup. Um, and it's it's good to see someone like that, a sixth round draft pick, I think it was, coming in and yeah, J Rob loves those late round picks that just come in and like a like a David Long who we've not talked about for his interception as well. He loves those late round draft picks to come in and contribute contribute big time. Can we say so? Start start of the year. We all know what happened with the appointment of Shane Bowen as defensive coordinator, and well, in title only, and um, we were all a bit skeptical about about all this and um, blowing up the roster. So the coaching staff are saying, right, it's not. We're not the problem. The roster's a problem. We're going to blow the roster up. Um, I mean, keep some important pieces, obviously, uh, but largely, you know, certainly a very different looking secondary, a very different looking pass rush. Um, ca- uh, can we now say that they were right? I think you it's can early. argue it. I think it's too early to say that 100%. But yeah, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. I mean, I was Shane Bowen's biggest critic 
I mean, I don't, I didn't buy this whole. He wasn't defensive coordinator last year, in my opinion. But the more, the longer this goes on, the more I'm starting to believe it. Maybe this was a very poor defense well, who, last year. Who, whoever's calling the shots, it's working right now. I just, I just think, I think Jimmy Schwartz has been a big part of this. I think you've got to give him credit. He's obviously come in to to help stabilize this defense, and you're starting to see that influence and that impact that he's having. And I think, yeah, you, like I've, I was massively critical of uh, of Bowen. I wasn't certainly didn't buy into him even in the early part of this season, but I think they've realised they know that deep threat is you know that's that's our downfall. And you saw that even last week against the Colts, giving up that touchdown at the end to make it go to overtime. You know that is still a, that is still a problem, but if you can get the 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 pass rush where you know players can't even get downfield before the quarterback's on his backside, then you know all they can do is is give up you know, plays for six, seven yards, quick, quick plays before Simmons is down his throat. So as long as you've got that pass rush and we continue to see that, and I think we're going to come up against better row lines than we did on Sunday, as long as they can continue to get that pressure, I can't see this defense conceding loads and loads of points. Um, I think the Colts offensive line were, were better last week, and that's why there were opportunities like that, where players can get downfield. But yeah, credit to Bowen, I think. I've been his biggest critic, I think, on this podcast as well as probably on Twitter. But he's uh, he's certainly starting to prove me wrong and starting to prove that he can he can be a defensive coordinator in this league. I think that, I mean, in, in my opinion, it's I I try not to overreact to stuff, um, and like the the Cardinals in Week One and how bad that performance I mean, de- defensively we're talking about at the moment, but well, all around how awful that looked. And how quickly things change. So I don't want to kind of emotionally or otherwise go too far the other way because I I know that we won't. You probably won't get another defensive performance as good as that. Um, you just can't. I mean, it, it's you'd you'd love to, um, but if we can keep if we can get them performing close to that, and there's no reason why they shouldn't, then Derek Henry, whatever's going on offensively. We're going to win more games than we lose, regardless of what happens on the other side of the ball. If you've got a defence that is causing that many problems and creating turnovers, creating points. So, that I mean, 14, 14 points by the, early in that second quarter are all, all scored by defence and special teams, other, other than nominally Jeff Swain gets in the end zone. But, you know, it, that's, hard, that's the game half won. And your offence haven't done anything. Okay, I had similar feelings to the the Chiefs game in so far as a really dominant first half, but you know what the Chiefs offense could do. You know what the Rams offense could do because we've seen it. So you think, okay, I'm not going to relax until this game's dead and buried. But actually, yeah, the Rams looked a bit better in the second half because they had made some adjustments, but they've never really threatened us. And it's just being a Titans fan of... You can't. I mean, I don't. I don't know when you thought this game was over. I, I would say probably, probably that ludicrous penalty on Aaron Donald, maybe you know, around around that time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it. You look back. I mean, it was it was done long before that. Yeah, and if you if you look at the like the, I hate to look too much into the statistics, but we had less than two hundred yards total in the game, and we've come away with twenty eight points and a victory. I mean. Well, if we had this last year, who I don't want to dare suggest what would have happened towards the Super Bowl, but 
imagine if we had the defence producing like this last year with the way the offence was. And like I said, it's really nice that we don't have to fall on offence and we can shut up all these people on the uh, networks talking about Derrick Henry being out. But we didn't need him. If Derrick Henry was in this game, Christ knows what the score might have been <laughs> if we decided to be. But at the end of the day, we didn't really need him. Foreman ran hard and ran well. Peterson, for someone who was going to be dancing with some celebrity a couple of weeks ago, potentially, instead decides to continue playing NFL, looked fine. He looked like someone who is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He'd had three days' worth of practicing with our team. And offensively, they looked all right. I admit I was a bit concerned with a couple of drops by Brown. Luckily, it wasn't needed in this game. And hopefully next year, it, it's Brown. We know it'll be fine the week after. He's had those moments before. I mean, yeah, and he moves on from them very quickly. He doesn't dwell on them. He's not the sort of player where it affects him long-term. The next week, next week he'll, he'll have over 100 yards and he'll be fine. But every so often, he has, he has these games. And you, it's just lucky, I guess, that the, the defence was um, as dominant as it decided to be. But I think I quite... I mean, obviously, Henry's a huge miss, but the three guys that came in all had their part to play. And they were talking about how they didn't really want to get McNichols involved in the first and second downs and they just wanted him purely for third down back if that works out fine and we have Peterson and Foreman as the two they, they've shown me enough to not worry about our running game um, and Julio Jones stepping up a little bit more and sometimes he looked a little bit more explosive and it was only for a, a, a like maybe seven yard gains or something but I hadn't really seen that much this season when he was getting the ball he looked like he had a bit of explosion there that we haven't really seen so I mean if that going forward is only going to improve then again if the defence Dare we say we're a defensive team with an offense that assists, and that's that's a good thing. Well, it, it's we're doing what we need to do. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we're ad- mm. we're adapting to a big sucker punch, um, and yeah, I mean, Brian, how did you see the the running game with a committee of three, um, and that Peterson with all the high the high profile signing and all the rest of it actually. I've, were Foreman and McNichols more effective? I don't know. But you could argue the problem that they probably were. Um, Foreman definitely looked looked better. But you know, Foreman's Foreman's not learned this playbook before. You know, it's it's Peterson's had a couple of days. For me, he still he still had looked like he's got lots of juice left in him. And I'm quite excited to see what what he's going to look like with another week or another two weeks of learning the playbook and getting used to his. To his offensive line, obviously we're forgetting Lawan went down. Game time decision, so we had this. I can't even remember his name now. Whoever played left tackle, Bob, a, Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart. He had a torrid time. Bless him. Um, <laughs> the, the he, he did at times, but I think he did. I mean, he wasn't terrible. No, well, he was okay. Terrible. <laughs> But the thing, I mean, Aaron Donald's there facing you, and you're on you. You've just been thrown in, and you've got to come up against Aaron Donald and yeah, Leonard Floyd. Yeah. It's hardly, uh, it's hardly off yeah. you go, 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 go do your Obviously, thing. it's it's not ideal. It's not ideal to be thrust in there. But for me, like the Rams' defense played really well. You know, they played well, and they stifled us pretty much most of the time. But in the red zone, every time, every game, we're lethal. Three, three out of three in the red zone again. You know, it's like we just we score when we need to, and we always score when we need to. Seem to, you know, even when the offense was stuttering slightly, 
we still got it done when it had to be done. Uh, you know, we got we got down there from the interception. We made sure we we turned into seven rather than three. Whereas the Rams are only getting three. Uh, I, I'm not too concerned about this this offense at all. Uh, I think we still got a lot of players banged up. We have got a lot of players missing. Um, we have got a lot of players coming back. Some some good players due back very soon as well. Uh, I think I think we're only going to get better. That's a great point about the Rams' defense. And for all, for all the, the headlines being the other side of the ball, Rams offensively having a, a nightmare against our pass rush. Um, but but whatever you say about the Titans' offence, we're still up against a top defence on Sunday. And that's what, the, that's what the Rams are. And they were still playing reasonably well. So, yeah, I, I would hope... I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Saints shortly, but uh, other than them, some of the defences we're going to be playing in the next few weeks... Are a shadow of the Rams. So I, would, I, would, a, I would hope to see. They they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit though. The, not the defense necessarily, but the Rams as a whole. I mean, twelve penalties, one hundred and fifteen yards of penalties is is far too many to give away. Like to to really, especially when you're chasing a game from from two early interceptions, essentially one pick six. But I think. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that last drive, you know, with 12, 12 points down, if they if they had got that stop, and it was a, it was a soft penalty, I I I think the first one from Donald, but the second one on Tannehill was was borderline assault. I mean, that was could have been a targeting play in college probably. So it was one of those ones that you know they they were giving up unnecessary. That was, that was frustration by that point. Oh, 100 percent, and then kind of understandably. I mean, I think. You know, kind of want to see that if you're getting absolutely pumped don't you really so especially when you're you were expected to win it and everyone but Mike Tirico pretty much predicted that the Rams are going to win this game I think didn't they so and it was Adam Rank Adam Rank don't, don't yeah forget Adam Rank I'm not shouting out Adam Rank on this podcast but yeah fair play Correct. um the but yeah I think they did shoot themselves in the foot a little bit and I think the defense was was the main reason behind that I think offensively I, I didn't see enough to excite me but I'm I'm not concerned. I think another week of practice, as, as you said, Brian, bringing a few, hopefully a few players back. As long as we don't get another week of, is Julio going to be available or not? Because this guy just needs to start playing football now. I think with with Henry out, like just 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 play, just play football and rest him later once we've once we've cemented a, a playoff place. But right now he needs to be on the field. I don't think unless you're playing against the team even if you're playing against Houston I don't necessarily want him to be sitting out sure do what Luan make him suit up and then sit him out and bring him on if you need to but don't well interest on Julio interesting looking well so listening to Chris Collinsworth on commentary so he's saying that he was he looked at his tape from this year in the in a run-up to the game and he was watching him closely and he thought that this game was the first time he'd run properly this season so what, whatever, whatever smoke and mirrors have have been put up about this hamstring injury, something there is clearly something there. It's not like made up or a you know, alleged bust up or whatever. No, I mean this, this is a hamstring injury that's been going on for for well over a year, I think. Though, so it's one of those ones that's you know this isn't this is something that I think he'll probably have for the rest of his career, and you've got to manage him, but don't manage him to the extent of making him sit games out. Just. Get him, get him out there if, when you need him, rather than having him completely sitting. Unless, like, even even if we, I say, even if we're playing the Texans at home with no Henry, you don't want to be putting your putting basically your, the team on the back of 
with respect, someone like Westbrook Aquino, who's done perfectly well, but you don't want to be relying necessarily on players like that. And we've had to do that previously this year when both AJ and Julio were both out. And we know we can, but have him there in case, because just having him on the sideline, knowing that he could come on at any particular point, is going to cause headaches for the defensive coordinators everywhere. Because you know full well that Julio could, could come in at any play, should it be needed. And you haven't got someone like Derek Henry who you can just kind of ride off of. So I do want to see more of, of Julio. Not, I understand why they're managing him. And I think the same with AJ. I think they've done that with him a little bit this year. I understand you don't want to run him into the ground. But, you know, at some point, if we if the run game does get does get stuttered with with the running backs we've currently got, you're going to need to lean on these guys. And I want to make I, I want them on the field. I don't want them to be sitting sitting in the stands. I, I actually thought it what we saw of the run game. It was okay. It was it wasn't like they were just they were getting stuffed. And and actually actually using that committee worked pretty well. And I think you. Yeah, Pete Peterson had a, a couple of decent runs and they sort of pull him out and then you see a bit of McNichols and then you see a bit of Foreman and it 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 felt like the changes were at the right time for, for keeping them fresh, keeping the Rams on their toes. I think that was all right. We didn't see that much of them because the time of possession was lopsided because of the it the bonkers the way the game went. It wasn't even that lopsided. We had the ball for twenty seven and a half minutes. I think a lot, a lot of that was later. I think sort of the early, early part of the early game. Early part of the game, yeah, I agree. But I think we, we had a lot more of the ball than I even thought. I thought it was going to be the same as you. I thought they've, they've had the ball for over 40 minutes here. Um, and actually, it, it wasn't. And I think the, the run game was being controlled in terms of they weren't getting loads of yardage, but they were picking up two, three, four-yard chunks. Um, and then we were, you know, fourth and 12 and third down. Not not great, but not awful. We'll get an important third downs at the right time, and bar the couple of drops from AJ. So I think offensively we did we did what we had to do, and I think Brian hit the nail on the head in terms of in the red zone that that Swain touchdown. You know, if we'd had to kick a field goal there, that would have been not disastrous, but it certainly wouldn't have been deserved. I think it was good to to get that one in, and then the fourth down play, which from Tannehill for him to run in was so well designed. You've got to give huge credit to Downing there on fourth down to go for that play. Is this this is another up yours to that narrative about Henry? It was and all we've been hearing about, oh Henry's out, Henry's out the lineup. We can't run plays like this anymore. Well, look what just happened. And he com- and they completely fell for it. Like yeah. they're, they're, not one person bit and went. He, he could keep it. Here. They completely fell for it because they they know that. We're a run-heavy def- uh, offense, and that we're going to have to, you know, we'll, we'll just try and pound this one in. And when you've got, I think it was Peterson, I think it was running, was running on the goal line, or, or was was the one in the back for that particular play. And you know, he's a, you know he's an aggressive runner. Yes, he's 36, and yes, he's only had two days of practice or wherever it was. But you know, and, and we saw that at the end with his, with his own touchdown. You'll give him the ball at the goal line because you'll fancy him to to get in. So. They bought it, and then Tannehill was walking in. I have to say the the uh, the fake the fake on that player was just exquisite. Like it fooled me until I saw him wheeling out to the right. I thought I thought he'd handed the ball off, and obviously all the defenders bit, and it just it was Oscar worthy. That it was beautiful. I mean, he's he's been doing it with Henry, as we know, but it just. I, I think he's he's just so good at it. 
And it was it was actually a play. Funny enough, I think Marcus Marcus always pretty good at selling selling a play action or selling that kind that kind of fake. Um, but yeah, Tannehill's just as good, if not better. And you you just see that the, they just buy it every time. I don't think I've ever seen that play blown up. And By the way, how beautiful was the image from the Titans Twitter account of the finger roll with the stadium in the back? Have you guys seen it? It's like Hollywood. Holly <laughs> it's, like, like, it it's a Madden oh. cover. If that's oh, like the awesome. Madden cover, then what's the point? <laughs> beautiful. I love that. When, oh. when, why did he start? I mean, I don't know if that celebration started by accident, but that's become his thing. He's, he's done it for. I don't know if he'd done it back in Miami days. I mean, there's an amazing video online on Twitter that someone's put together of Altana Hill's uh, Russian touchdowns, which is a great watch. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know about Miami, as you say. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, very true. Did he score in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I. I remember all that rings a bell um but yeah Tannehill is is Miami days there's no point there's no point going there or uh, or even even mentioning them different different player um, what where... did, um, I was going sorry Adam I was just gonna say the uh the touchdown that they had taken off the board what was everyone thinking about oh like the literally millimeters in it yeah that... That, that to me could have been a game-changing situation there yeah, well, maybe. I think I, I still think we we should have had enough. The as soon as the replay, because you didn't see the best replays of that until we came out of the break. So I'm mm-hmm. sort of thinking, okay, this looks like it looks like another Julio. Knowing our luck, it probably go the other way. And but the, as soon as those videos, the, the sort of angles from the the side, it was much more clear cut than Julio's ever was. Um, and it was it was before he. So it was actually a penalty called. It wasn't just a mm-hmm. an incompletion. It was oh, you've it gone was out of bounds and come back in. But yeah, easy, easy decision that one. Some of the officiating we haven't we haven't mentioned Jalen Ramsey's two yellow cards. Um, oh, he's a Graham he's a moron. <laughs> um, I, I not much has come out about this. They've gone back. Supposedly, John Glennon I saw had pointed out that the official game log on the NFL website got changed an hour later to say it was what was it a personal foul instead of unsportsmanlike mm-hmm. conduct you go back and look at that first penalty it's it's after the play yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, I think seriously smell a rat with that I think we're quite lucky that in the uh, following game in uh, Chicago the referees decided to just throw flags and have an even more of a shocker game that we probably won't hear about it because the refs this this weekend have just it wasn't just in these two games they're just a farce at the moment but I mean Ramsey God love him is an awful human being and I would have loved to have seen him get ejected but the refs clearly made a mistake and they've probably gone to it after the game it happens in football yeah, the time, I, don't, I imagine I don't I, I want to see if like fine if they've made a mistake but just hold your hands up. But they won't do that, will they? Because then it's only to make a mistake and they yeah, don't want to seem to they, not be perfect. It's they could have, they, they, could, they made the mistake and then Vrabel questioned it at that precise point. He yeah. could have just turned around and said, yeah, you know what, you're right. Or, you know, sat there and talked to someone in New York and said, yeah, we, we, we've balled this up, he needs to go. And it wouldn't have been five plays later. It would have been literally yeah. 20 seconds later. So also, there's no that excuse was, for it. Also, it was just before half time. It was like a, the, in the two-minute 
yeah. before half time. They could have gone, they could have fixed that at half time as well and come back in the second half. So, you know what? We've looked at this. Um, yeah, we've, oh, I don't want to say we've got it wrong, but we've, yeah, we've realized that, yeah, that's two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Um, Rams is ejected for the rest of the game. They could have fixed it. We've seen it all year and we're going to see it again Sunday because we've got Boga yet again. Uh, refereeing a game for us, so it's we're gonna we're gonna continue to see it because we just unfortunately they are just inept, and mm-hmm. you know what it didn't it, like it didn't change anything in the game, but you know he goes and picks off uh, a pick six to go and win the game at the end. Like not that we was anywhere near that close, but if it was like at the end, what they're gonna say then? Like they're still gonna turn around and say, oh no no, it was it was changed, it was never it was never that in the first place. The tape's there, you can see it. You know it's exactly just, what's happened. It's the subterfuge of it all. It's like going back, going back and changing the the play log to just lie your way out of it. This is this is it's what they've done. Watch, just watch watch the game. You can probably yeah. watch it now on Game Pass in full match replay. They're not going to hide it there. It's there. It's there for everyone to see. It's not. It's one of those things you just have to hold your hands up and say, "Yeah, we we dropped a ball on it." Like it's just it is what it is. Like the thing is, the biggest thing that annoyed me was. It was questioned immediately after it was called. Like it wasn't questioned at half time. It wasn't questioned. It was questioned literally. They called it, and immediately Vrabel went to the referee. Shouldn't it be out then? And then they still did nothing about it, and they still tried to justify that no, 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 that's not right. And then lied their way out of it. Lied their way out of it, and then covered their own backsides by by supposedly changing it an hour later, which is just just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, ludicrous. And as, as you say, Boga for Sunday. Uh, um, I was I was trying to recall, like it it, it almost feels like he's ref, like, been officiated so many Titans games that I've lost track of the mistakes he's made or his crew have made. To be fair, um, I looked at it. He uh, he did the last time we played the Saints two years ago, um, and I think Khalif Raymond. I can't. It was Khalif Raymond, wasn't he? he got absolutely Sparko, or was it Humphreys? Yeah, he got. No, it's Raymond. Not, uh, it's Raymond. Raymond got wiped out, didn't he? Which was the the latest shot you could ever see? I mean, it could have could have happened five minutes after the play, and it would have been equally as late. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so exactly the same fixture, exactly the same officiating crew, um, maybe a different result. What do we think, um, Brian? How? Uh, I mean, I I think we we we've, we've got to realise that we're not going to win every game from here on out. But looking at the schedule, we should be we should be favourites in all of them. So, uh, tell us how we're going to beat the Saints. We're going to run the table. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, for me, it's Trevor Simeon versus Kevin Bayard. And I know I fancy. (laughs) No, to be fair to him, he's actually... I haven't actually watched the game, but from what I've read, he he actually looked pretty good for the Saints. uh, this week, but yeah, the, the Saints are going to provide a test. That they're always a good, they're always good. I, I, I can't. They're good I, defensively I, as well. Always had a bit of a soft spot for them. They've got a really good offensive line, so it'll be interesting to see if we can get any pressure. Um, if we can get pressure on Simeon, we we should be mopping up in the in the, in the secondary. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm actually more nervous about this one than I was the Rams. Um, <laughs> basically, because the Saints are just always good. 
They're always good and they always seem to find they've got a really good coaching, haven't they? They've got yeah. they've got some really good talent on the side. And it, it would not shock me if we lost this one. But I don't think we will. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um Miles, you're gonna say that it would shock you if we lost, I imagine. I mean you've just you've just used the word Trevor Simeon and as if we're gonna to need to see trouble. I mean, granted, he's matured a little bit, and apparently he's come out and said he accepts he's made a lot of money for not doing a lot, and now he's mature. <laughs> I mean, he also last week didn't do a lot and made money again. They struggled they, last week. I mean, Norris Jenkins as well, in fairness. They're, they're two pieces from the same pod. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a fan of Cam Jordan, always have been. He always gets to the quarterback in some way. Marshawn Lattimore, arguably one of the best corners in the league. Outside of that, I agree they've got a really good line, but Trevor Simeon, then um, my biggest actual worry is going to be Kamara out the backfield, and not so much as a, a running back, but more as a passing down back, which I think we've always struggled against mobile quarterbacks, and I think the Saints are going to try and use the dump-off game that we've been doing a little bit with Tannehill. I think with Simeon, they're going to go a little bit to basics. And, like, and Ingram ran quite well last uh, game, just gone as well after he's just come back. Wouldn't shock me if he makes a bit of an impact, but listen, we beat the Chiefs, we beat the Bills, we beat the Colts, we beat the Rams, and we're going to beat the Saints. It's as simple as that. I mean, to me, if, if we're worried about Trevor Simeon, then all these people looking at the odds of the Super Bowl and stuff need to have a long, hard look at themselves because, to me, the Saints are half the team they were a couple of years ago. So, no problem at all. Do, do you remember when we, we lost to the Jets and we were mostly annoyed about losing to the Jets because we had those four games in a row that were upcoming and we probably weren't going to win any of them? Can you remember thinking like that? Anyway, just uh, just throwing that out there. Um, Greg, bring some, uh, I was going to say, level-headedness to this discussion. <laughs> that, be the come on, Greg. That's what, I bring on to, Greg. that's what I bring to the table is level-headedness, yeah. Um, look, I think it's one of those games is... It's going to be tough. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But if this defence shows up to the 75% of this defence shows up in the way that it did on Sunday, you've got you've got a fancy to keep them pretty quiet. Um, yeah, look, Kamara's a, a good player. I don't think they've got enough outside of him, though, really, to, to test us massively. They've got a couple of deep threats, but you know, if we can keep you know, the pressure on on whether it's Simeon or Hill, I mean, I don't really know which one they're going to roll with this week, uh, which in itself could be a problem for, for defensive coordinators to, to see, you know, who they're actually going to show up and 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 give most of the snaps to. But you've got you've got you've got to fancy us on this game. I think it's one of those ones that Sunday was taking the pressure off of it a little bit. So if we lose this game, it won't feel like the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, you want to keep this momentum going and, and keep the keep the train running. And this is, if you look at the rest of the games, we've got arguably the hardest game we've got left. I don't think there's many many else in there that you would be as concerned about realistically, unless all of a sudden they become world beaters in the next few weeks and start to look good. Teams like the 49ers, for example, which I just can't see happening. Um, so yeah, it's one of those ones. And look, I'm there. So I'm. I mean, I've never, never lost at the Nissan. So I've got to, I've got to maintain that 100% record. If that's, if that's taken away from me, on Sunday after two years without being there, is uh, that'll be incredibly harsh and very Titans. So, so what are your plans? You're there for the Saints and Texans game, right? Yeah, I'm there for uh, 
just shy of two weeks. Um, so I'm there for both. Yeah, both of those games. Also, just booked tickets to watch Nashville Soccer in the uh, in the playoffs as they've just reached the playoffs. So that should be good fun. And also seeing uh, Tennessee Volunteers on on Saturday. So uh, that should be yeah, it should be a good trip. But yeah, I'll be in that pretty much in Nashville throughout, apart from a couple of days where we'll be be traveling off. I'm seeing Thursday night football: Atlanta Falcons versus New England Patriots. So. Look forward to booing Matt Jones after him trying to break Brian Burns' ankle <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> is it the um, the Vols game at, at Nayland? Or? Yeah, Nayland, yeah. They've got uh, Georgia, which is going to oh, be a bloodbath. Oh, my God, I'm jealous. That'll be, uh, that'll be awesome. It's it's going to be a bloodbath, though. <laughs> Georgia, <laughs> so that's, this year. Georgia are going to rip it off, sadly. <laughs> but it should be good fun. It's, fant- it's fantastic that these things are possible again. Um, so yeah, I hope you hope you have a hope you have a great time. And obviously, your better half. We've established this week that Yessi is better than Greg. Yeah, hundred um, well, percent. I say established this week. We've always known. This. I was going to say, did we establish this? No, no, we've always known it. That's true. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's end with anything you we need to get off our chest, non-Titans related. And uh, Brian, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I've got nothing negative to say this week. I'm still on a complete high. I'm going to leave this to the two grumps at the bottom. <laughs> um, I respect. I like that. Absolutely. It doesn't, you don't have to have a moan in this segment. Um, I'm going to. But, I mean, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine Greg's going to. Miles, why don't you have a moan? I'm amazed with Eddie Howe's appointment that we've got nothing out of Brian. Do you not just want to spend a moment to say how thankful you are that you brought in that magical man? Embarrassingly underprepared. I am. Uh, for, I completely forgot that we do. It's been that long since I've been on. Completely forgot to get anything. I've been. I've been over the weeks. I've been missing. I've. I've had. I've had various things piss me off, and I'm thinking, right, next time I'm on, I'll say this, and I can't. I'm just drawing a complete blank. <laughs> I'm, 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 if I can think of it, I'll put my hand up and I'll. I'll, I'll jump in. Okay. At some point there'll be a Robbie Savage blur out of nowhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I, might go, I, I might have to get the bleeper out. Plans out. Don't make get the bleeper out. <laughs> Miles, come on. Yep, so um, I think me and a few of us have had the same sort of idea over the past week over what we wanted to mention. And with, uh, with regards to the wonderful uh, time of year, people decide to go and buy fireworks and uh, they'll they'll set them off at ridiculous times now. I, for one, hate fireworks all all year round. I just, I sort of half get going to an event and watching it, but I have a real issue with people hosting their own events at the house. So go to a big, big stage run. It's amazing. They actually look good. You, rather than going around to your, your neighbours and watching a Catherine wheel go off and do an S with a sparkler. No one enjoys it. It's an awful time of year. But setting off fireworks on non-bonfire night day is just... You're just a, you're adding to the list of wrongans that I have collecting because if it's if it's midnight on a Sunday, I mean don't go wrong, maybe they were celebrating uh, the Titans game early, I don't know, but to me all you're doing is setting my cat doing its own version of a Catherine wheel down the stairs of just complete chaos, and then you suddenly hear neighbors' dogs barking, neighbors' kids crying. There's just no need for it. It's who, who in their right mind thinks, right, it's a Sunday night, let's go stand outside in the cold and set off two flares and then go back inside and set, 
to me, it, it drives me insane. I, and so, yeah, I hate fireworks and I hate people. I was about to say I hate people that like fireworks. I don't <laughs> hate people that like fireworks, but I hate people that like fireworks on non-firework day. Um, <laughs> I think that, that saves me enough where I'm not going to have people messaging me going, well, I like fireworks. Um, but no, so just don't be that person. If you're going to do it on bonfire night, great. Have a little fire. Let your kid hold a sparkler. Make sure you wear gloves or the health and safety. But don't be that wrong and that decides to set off fireworks on any other day, especially at stupid times. I'm sure they've gone off at like 3 p.m. It's like it's light outside. What are you doing? Although in some of the areas around mine, that could just be like gunshots. I don't know. Um, but no. <laughs> yeah. Don't be that person. Firework night, stick to bonfire night. Don't do it the days that follow. I don't care if it's the weekend. I don't care what you celebrate and just don't. What an absolute misery, honestly. Um, fireworks. No, I... I, I... I, on, I, I agree with you about people doing setting them <laughs> off in their gardens. You know, come on. You know, but there are proper displays out there. Anyway, that's it. Go, go to the organised displays. I'm all for that. But just yeah, I mean, I literally found a firework right in front of my car on my on the driveway, which is the most frustrating thing in the world because it's bound to have hit my car, and it's just like it's so unnecessary. But yeah, my I don't think my neighbours listen to this because I know exactly who it was. But it's, yeah. <laughs> name them. Go on, name them. Yeah, I'm oh, sure sure oh. the ring doorbell picked it up. The, the, the driveway <laughs> camera, I think, might have picked that one up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll have to have a look. See if there's motion. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I my wife took my daughter to a display at the cricket club about a mile away, and that. Yeah, that they just had a, a miserable time because the display was supposed to be at half past six, uh, but they didn't have it till sort of half past seven, eight o'clock just to get extra bar sales and food sales and stuff. And it was all quite cynical and anticlimactic. And my, my daughter had had enough and wanted to go home way before the display actually started. Uh, made, made, her, made her stay to see some of it, but just tired, irritable. Yeah, really negative experience. And that was a proper display. I call that bad parenting. I would have taken them straight home because I, I wanted to watch. Well, oh, you, oh no, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did have one I, quick follow up as well. I was warm inside at home watching Red Zone at that point. Uh, but... I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about Emma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just, I, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm about to go into a rant that I've probably had before, but this is a bit weird. So you know how. Vaccinated with, well, most of us, if not all of us, are vaccinated against COVID. Aaron Rodgers might not be, but I am. And there's there's going to be some waning, so it's going to wear off at some point. And it's five months since I had my second vaccination. And after six, if you're over 50 or you have specific health conditions, you can get a booster. Or you, you know, um, I'm neither of those things, so I won't get a booster. There are no plans to give boosters that I'm aware of to people in my category. Um, I found out I'm going to Austria for Christmas and Austria have decided that um, Astra, the AstraZeneca vaccine or the Russo, I should say the rumours that the AstraZeneca vaccine won't be valid after six months. Um, so I would be technically unvaccinated at Christmas and therefore can't uh, visit restaurants um, even get in the country without extra testing and I've got no way of doing anything about it 
So, do you do you have like a stamp of when you actually got vaccinated? Like, if they ask you when you got vaccinated, other than giving the date, do you have something that can can you not just lie? Is what I'm saying. Uh, well, what are they gonna what are they gonna watch your proof? What's your proof of when you were vaccinated? The, the NHS uh, app thing. I think they accept that as proof, but I don't, I don't know what information and, that contains. And now um, this podcast is also proof, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, anyway, they, they, but these are rumors. The Austrians are strong listeners. <laughs> they're saying Pfizer will be nine months, but there were, it, it's just rumors at this stage. So there's some uncertainty about all that. And it's, it's bit, ludicrous. That's, why, that's ridiculous. It, it is. It is. And like, why can't, well, why aren't these boosters going to be rolled out to other people? Maybe they will be, but they haven't announced it. And if, if six months after your second jab is the time that you should be getting one, I'm seeing no signs that that's likely to happen and I, and I i i think i jumped the queue a little bit just not by me but like by being invited by my surgery to get it earlier and that's going to count against me so in other people my age who've had it later will have longer immunity so it it, it, it does feel like it's it's this this needs put into bed um anyway no doubt things will change in the, in the next six weeks on that. But following on from what you were saying, Adam, uh, I, I actually got AstraZeneca as well, and I've only had a single vaccination because I keep getting a, a text message from my GPs saying that I'm eligible for my second, and every time I call up, they say, we have no AstraZeneca jabs left, and we don't know when we're going to get them back. So they say, we can send you to really? Newcastle. Yeah, this has been going on for about three months now, and I still haven't been able to get my second vax. And it's it's a joke, actually, because I'm like, well, what, I, I phoned 111, I was like, what am I supposed to do? And then just, I have to keep keep checking the, the internet. And, you know, who's got time to check the internet every day for this for this vaccination? Uh, and, and they're trying to send me as far as, like, to Washington or to Newcastle, which is, like, you know, a 40-mile trip. I obviously don't drive. Uh, it's... It's just not. It's not doable, and it's just ridiculous. That's outrageous. I mean, I, I get all my COVID advice from Joe Rogan. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time to go down this rabbit hole, do we? We are not going down that, Christ. <laughs> Greg, finish the show off. Uh, yeah. So mine is um, why? Why? I've been. I've been on this earth for. 32 years and we've all been in this earth for, for a number of different years why is every year people surprised when nights draw in and it gets dark earlier <laughs> you get the same old comments all the time of people like i'll be working from home and then all of a sudden i'll be at me- in a meeting between say four and, and five o'clock and it will just go from really light to really dark and you get people making comments being like it's really dark where you are it's like well it's because i haven't turned the light on because it was light when i started this call 45 minutes ago and people are just generally surprised that, oh, oh just look how dark it is it's only it's only quarter past five and it's like it's, this happens every year i don't get why people struggle with the concept of night's drawing every winter as far as i'm aware the earth still spins on its axis and goes around the sun and the and it's tilted in such a way that we have seasons and it causes fluctuations and this sort of thing i don't see those changing hold on, despite hold on, climate hold on. change hold on hold on i mean that that was, I was I just I, googled that quickly. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here to bring you facts. 
dear, that's brilliant. Honestly, I, I could have thought you actually just read that off of Google or something. You just had that <laughs> nailed down. Like this is not the this is not the first time you've had to explain this to your son, is it? Uh, well, no, <laughs> or just other people. Yeah, the Earth does keep spinning. <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, it, like, what is it? Like, what the clocks have gone back uh, recently, so yeah, th- that exacerbates everything. Um, but you know, you're getting another hour of daylight in the morning. Deal with it. No, it's, it's really weird because you also have the um, the US don't put their clocks back until the week after. And it was like the number of people on uh, on Twitter when they were saying, "Oh, this game's on at five o'clock," and people were like, "Why is it five o'clock? Why is the game on? At... Surely it's six o'clock? No? Why is it? Why is it five o'clock?" And I was just like, "What's the UK time? This is for our American listeners." But it's like it can't be that difficult to understand. Like it's just very, very strange. That's been the case every year for us. Oh, at case least 10, 15 years I can remember. We've had that one week where it's. You get it. You get it every year. It's a case in point. But yeah, yeah, people are always amazed by it. And the darkness thing is just—I just find it weird. You get it. I get it at work when I'm in the office, and people are just like, "Oh, look how dark it's got." And I'm just like, <laughs> you, "Do you not enjoy people going?" But I went to work and it was dark, and I left work and it was dark. So, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I do that. I do that. I do that. My boss just to make a point of that. I have to leave the house incredibly early. Even in the summer, I'm nice dark. I mean, if it would be it would be a dull place if we didn't have that twenty three and a half degree tilt of the Earth's axis, wouldn't it? <laughs> You've definitely googled that one. <laughs> I have not. That may be wrong. Check it, someone. Twenty three and a half degrees. Right there, there we go. Another Tennessee Titans related podcast with British accents. Um, we are the Transatlantic Titans at Transatlantic TN on on Twitter. Let's know what you think. Let's know if you fancy. A chat with us sometime. Um, it's been it's been great being Titans fans recently. Obviously stressful as ever, but seven and two. I don't think we thought in our wildest dreams we'd be we'd be seven and two after week one certainly. But here we are. Long may it continue. Greg, enjoy your trip. Um, everybody like myself who's who's not leaving the country uh, this week will hopefully enjoy another Titans victory. We'll chat next week. Tighten up. Why not? Turn up. Turn up.